Hi friends, and welcome to the Fullness of Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Matheson. Here at the Fullness of Joy, we talk about hard things in light of the gospel. We encourage our hearts by reminding ourselves of the truth day in and day out. I pray this encourages your heart and that you're challenged to know Christ more deeply as a result. I am so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Fullness of Joy. I cannot even believe that we are past Thanksgiving and now full on into the Christmas season. I absolutely love Christmas, and as a child, just reveled in all of the beautiful lights and the Christmas trees and all the songs and the parties. And I grew up knowing that Christmas was about Jesus, but I don't remember hearing the word Advent until I was an adult. And in the past several years, I've enjoyed learning how to focus on Jesus in the midst of a season that as an adult can honestly just feel exhausting. Oftentimes at Christmas, we're tempted to do all the things to celebrate, the cookies, the parties, the perfect family devotions, the best gifts, but the Lord simply wants our hearts. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on this Advent, the Advent of Christ. And according to the Bible Project, Advent just means arrival. It signifies the start of an event or the arrival of a person. And so in Christian communities around the world, Advent refers to a four-week season of remembering and celebrating the arrival of Jesus on earth. It's a time to reflect on the unexpected nature of Jesus' humble birth and join in the anticipation of when he will come again to reunite heaven and earth once and for all. Hallelujah. So this week, I get to introduce you to my friend, Simone, and we're talking about the hope of Christ. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. She has a really powerful testimony of how God took a tragic event in her life during the holidays to help her understand and see that he really is who he says he is and that the hope we have in Christ is the only sure eternal thing that we can bank on. I know you're going to be so encouraged by this conversation. Merry Christmas, friends. Well, hello, Simone, and welcome to the Fullness of Joy. How are you doing today? I am doing well. I am so glad to be here. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you. So you are a school counselor, and I would just love to hear how you came into that role. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, I moved here for graduate school um, actually, it's it's been about 10 years, which is hard to believe. Um, and you're I in North am, Carolina, correct? Yes, I'm in North okay. Carolina. I'm a South Carolina native, so um, <laughs> there's that. But I live in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And I went to undergrad at University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Uh, Jessica, I... I think you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I am. I know. I am. I won't I won't hold that against you. I still love you. <laughs> it's um, all right. My parents graduated from South Carolina. So there's oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lots of connections there. Yes. Um, so yeah, I came here for graduate school at UNC Chapel Hill. And that's what brought me to North Carolina and brought me into the role of a school counselor. And this is actually my eighth year doing that. Um, wow. I did it. I did it up until around the pandemic. And then I did the stay at home mom life um, and took a little break from work and then jumped back into it. Um, but I work like in a completely virtual setting, which is interesting. So oh, I'm um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So I'm a work from home mama. Um, Like I said, all my work is essentially virtual, which also allows me to dedicate uh, some time that I desire to homemaking. Um, Yeah. 
So, yeah. That's so neat. Well, I'm sure that as a counselor, you are just aware of how at Christmas time, things feel really different than they did when we were kids. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's so many different needs that you see and different things that you have to address within your role as a counselor, but then just also within your own personal life too. Christmas can just mm-hmm. feel hard and heavy. Um, it feels like disappointments and loss and grief just seem to be highlighted and that they're emphasized at this time that's supposed to be holly and jolly and full of joy but as we consider this first week of advent we're looking at hope and so i just love for you to share with us how christ encourages your heart during a time when sometimes it's hard to find hope and to actually cling to it yeah definitely i think you said it perfectly heavy is such a great word to describe life right now for so many people in this season. Um, It's like at the click of the remote control or the tap of your phone, it can really kind of feel like the world is falling apart. Um, Mm -hmm. Literally wars, violence, political unrest, just so many big traumas. And then not to mention all the daily disappointments and traumas that make it feel like our personal lives are falling apart too. Mm. And so we, we know what those are. You walk through some of them too. I know grief, um, just relationship struggles, failed expectations, everyday battles with sin in our hearts, um, insecurities, prayers that haven't been answered, just the list goes on and on. Um, and it's all very hard and heavy. But uh, one thing that my pastor always reminds us of Um, is a truth and encouragement found in Isaiah, the truth that for the spirit of heaviness, God's promises give us a garment of praise. And Mm. I'll read straight from Isaiah because that's such a a rich passage in Isaiah 61. Um, Mm. Starting at verse one, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the mm-hmm. oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. I just think that's so beautiful. Yes. Oh, that's so good. You yeah. Know what's so funny is I love the book of Isaiah and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not until I'm pretty sure this year, like I've known, I've, I've read that passage several times. I mean, mm-hmm. many, many times. And it wasn't until this year, no lie. I was doing some kind of Bible study and it, I think <laughs> I realized uh, that, when we read that passage, like mm-hmm. it's, the, it's a prophecy and it's talking about like the spirit of the Lord being upon Jesus to set us free. Yes. And for whatever yes. reason, I mean, you know how like we come to the word and sometimes we don't have the right perspective. So uh-huh. for whatever reason, I was always reading it like the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, Jessica. Like <laughs> I am going to set the captives free and like, yeah. putting myself into it. And it's like, no, Jessica, Just feeling really empowered. prophecy. <laughs> Right. For Jesus. This is what yes. he does for you. And I, I mean, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that I was like, oh my, it was like a light bulb. <laughs> but, but that's so beautiful, that's right? Yes. To even think of it in that context um, mm-hmm. is beautiful. And 
to be reminded that that's what he offer, offers us. And, you know, Jessica, I know that those words are true. I know them to be more than just words on a page because I've lived it. Um, right. Even though I've only been on the earth for 32 years, I, <laughs> I have a testimony woven with lots of brokenness, um, unexpected loss, being raised in a broken home after my parents mm. split when I was in elementary school, and the list goes on. So I did want to share um, on that note a very integral part of my testimony yeah, and my journey um, to hope in the midst of hard things. And the reason I kind of want to share that particular part of my story is because um, I walked through unexpected grief during the holiday season. So in my, yeah, in my early twenties, it was just 10 days before Christmas. The person I was in a relationship with at the time took his life. And that, yeah, that experience Mm. of losing a loved one to suicide wrecked me. Um, but I, the, I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah, the time of year made it that much harder just mm. to be like consumed with grief and standing in a graveyard a couple of days before Christmas when the world seems to be going on with cheerfulness and joy. It just feels so isolating. So wow. I had to cling to that hope of Jesus that you were just referencing, um, that hope of Jesus so tightly in that season because what else could I turn to? I was just, I was thankful to be surrounded by love and truth from family and church family, but I really had to fight for hope. Um, Mm. I really had to saturate my mind with the hope we have in Jesus. I had to make it a point to just cling to the gospel message for dear life. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real place for me. I'm like, the scriptures are beautiful, but I know this is true. Um, because I've lived it. And so I I really just felt the Holy Spirit pressing me to share that experience because I know that so many people um, who might be listening to this uh, could be grieving right now, walking through a season of grief during the holiday season and feeling like um, it's so unfair to to have to think about these things and and walk around with this heaviness when other people are living their lives. And so I just... Anyone, if anyone is listening and they are in that place, I just want to um, encourage encourage their hearts with a, a verse in First Thessalonians that speaks specifically to those who are grieving. That really um, helped me during that time, mm-hmm. and that's in First Thessalonians four. Um, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not have hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the mm-hmm. dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And so there you have it. We we don't have to grieve like those who have no hope. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether you're grieving a, a physical loss through death or grieving the loss of something else. It's just so comforting that we can have hope because grief isn't the end of our stories. Victory is. 
Mm, I love that. And did you, did you find that in the midst of that loss that everything became almost crystal clear for you as far as like what matters and what doesn't matter? Like, did you feel like it kind of solidified some things for you or did you feel like you were floundering for a while? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I feel like a bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you know, from walking through grief, I'm sure that it's kind of like a roller coaster. Of course, yes. You have good, good seconds and bad seconds. And um, (laughs) there were times that I felt like I was floundering, but uh, you're so right that it does shift your perspective and um, just remind you of what's important. It's like the, the quote, like, keep the main thing, the main thing, the, yeah. the main thing is always Jesus and it mm-hmm. always points back to him. And so, yes, I definitely think it solidified a lot of things. Hi friends. Before you go, I want to tell you a little something earlier this year, I started offering one-on-one coaching sessions to women who feel weary and overwhelmed. This is a faith-based life coaching. And in these sessions, I get to work with women to make and reach their goals. And I help them move from just going through the motions to truly walking with Jesus and enjoying the life that he's given them. So if this sounds like something you're interested in, I would love to hear from you. You can get more information on my website and in the show notes, you can send me a message or book a free call to just see if this is something that's right for you. One of my clients said this in a testimonial. She said, I pursued coaching with Jessica because I wanted to help help with finding a way to feel connected to God again. He had been distant for so long. I wasn't sure how or where to start to draw near to him again. Jessica made it practical and attainable to rekindle my intimacy with God. I want that for you, friends. If that's something that you desire and that you need, reach out to me. And that's just precious. I think that grief can be so all-consuming and it can feel like you said, like, it's not fair that I'm walking Mm -hmm. through this when everyone else's life is just going on hunky-dory. But I think that it's very easy for us in grief to assume that everyone else's Mm -hmm. life is fine, but you know, we don't know everybody's story and each Mm -hmm. one of us has something hard that we're walking through or that we're about to walk through or that we're coming out of. And so absolutely, I think grief sometimes can, um, it can make us feel isolated, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it it can, it can feel like, well, I'm the only one. And I think the enemy does some of his best work in isolation, but you you know, one of the biggest things that you, or one of the things that you said that stuck out to me was that, you know, you had family from that -hmm. was supportive to you and then the family of God. And when people are able to share in grief, it does lighten Mm -hmm. that load and it takes away that isolation and the feeling of like, I don't know if I can make it because you know, that you can make it when you have people that are telling you that you're going to make it. And that makes all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're so right um, about the enemy, just really, um, I don't know, using those moments to isolate people. And um, for some people, like he tries to diminish what they're experiencing, you know, diminish Mm. their suffering and make them think, well, why should I feel, why should I feel so up in arms about um, this tiny suffering that I'm going through when people are going through greater. And then he does the opposite for um, people who might be walking through some of those things like grief by isolating them and making them feel like um, their situation is, is the hardest and Mm -hmm. um, that there's Mm -hmm. no way out. And so 
I just agree. He can really use that, use those things as a way to play mind games with us. And we have to guard our hearts. Yeah. So in the midst of all of the grief that you were walking through in this holiday season and just such a devastating loss, you said that you really had to saturate your mind. How did that, like, what did that look like practically? Like how, how were you keeping yourself afloat? What did that look like? Was it just like listening to worship music? Did you just, you know, was there a certain passage that you just read over and over? What did it look like for you? Oh, it was not pretty. (laughs) Oh, I'm it was sure. definitely, I'm sure. it was not pretty. It was, um, it wasn't cute. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't cute. It's just, it's, it was survival mode to be honest. Um, oh, yeah. lots of days of not being able to get out of the bed, lots mm-hmm. of just like saturating my pillow with tears, my Bible with tears. Yeah. Um, just really clinging to the word, um, Stay, it, remaining in a posture of prayer, but also recognizing that there were moments when I couldn't pray for myself and I needed to go to brothers and sisters in Christ because mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to God right now. Those are yeah. real seasons that, that we walk through sometimes. And so, um, it's more important than ever in those times to really cling to the cross. And like I said before, just, get in the word, even if you have to crawl your way there with tears and soaked pages and heavy hearts. Um, even if you really have to fight to believe again and have faith again, um, just knowing that God is, is with you. Yeah. That's so good. Well, are there any songs either? It doesn't have to be specifically from that time, but even just in your, in your life now where, well, are there any songs that really encourage you to keep hoping? And these can be Christmas or not Christmas. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, there's so many, so many great songs, but the first thing that comes to mind, um, is a hymn that we sang growing up and you probably have heard this before. I loved it so much, but I grew to love it more and more as I lived it out and the words became a part of my testimony. So my hope is built on nothing less. Do you, do you know that one? Yes. Yes. So good. For people who haven't heard it, I'll share just a portion of the lyrics. Um, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sink, sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. And then I love, mm. it says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In mm-hmm. every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. I just love it. It's such a beautiful reminder that Jesus is the source of, of hope and there's nowhere else to turn that mm-hmm. has the power to give us an eternal source of hope that can't yes. be shaken or taken. Yeah. Yes. And I'm sure that, you know, in the midst of the grief that you experienced with this specific loss, I'm sure that there was a lot of temptation before the loss to have placed your hope within that relationship because we're prone to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we have something in our lives that we feel like is sure and steady and that has Definitely. brought us a lot of joy and that's good, like it's very easy to place a lot of our hope on that. And then so if that true. thing is taken away, it's like, 
oh no, like what now? And it causes us to question so much, but anything else other than Jesus that we place our hope in is sinking sand. Like we're just, I mean, we're gone. (laughs) And so I I love that you mentioned that song. That's that's definitely one of my favorites. Well, so as we consider Christmas and Advent and just the hope that we have in Christ as how he, and, and how he came for us, what Christmas tradition for you helps you to remember to keep Jesus at the center of it all? I think definitely immersing myself in some kind of Advent activity to redirect my attention mm-hmm. and my affections daily during the Christmas season. And it's yeah. funny because I, I didn't really grow up doing Advent traditions or activities. Like we went to church, but there wasn't this intentionality around the Advent season. Mm-hmm. Um, since becoming a mom, especially, I've tried to be intentional about finding resources for myself and my family before the Advent season begins, because I know things get crazy and there, (laughs) (laughs) you know, things get crazy. There are so many distractions during the Christmas season. So for me, I really have to be proactive instead of reactive with that kind of thing. Like I don't want to blink in the midst of everything going on and miss all that God is doing during Advent season. Mm -hmm. Um, when he's really calling us to draw near and reflect and remember. Um, and I know that I can't focus my affections there on my own. So I really do right. love those resources, devotional resources. Um, I always have to do it with a friend because I need that extra layer of accountability. And that makes <laughs> it more I, fun too. <laughs> yeah, it makes it more fun. But also like when you just want to watch Christmas movies and eat all the treats and online yes. shop for gifts and, <laughs> instead of getting in the word. It's yeah. like, hey girl, did you do your Advent study today? So um, I, I love that. I love, That's a good idea. Yes. I love the accountability of doing it with um, a person or a group. And then for the kids, we've um, done the Advent blocks over the past few years. Which Oh, we I, love those. We've done yes, this too. They're great. I enjoy them. And it, there's something so um, pure about just a child's understanding of yes, Christmas so and learning the meaning of it. And it really is humbling and helps you to recenter yourself as well. So I love that. Well, for this mini series, our last question is, what is your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> Ooh, favorite Christmas song. Okay. So sec- secular or sacred music or you can know, I do both? You give me both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I mean, both. let's be real. There's, there's a lot of good ones that have nothing to do with Jesus. I mean, we all love Mariah Carey, so we, yeah. we can, it's okay. <laughs> okay. So for classic, like, um, I love joy to the world. Like, how can you not mm. smile while singing that song? It's an instant yes. spirit lifter. Um, and then secular anything Jackson five Christmas. I grew up listening to that. (laughs) I grew up listening to that every Christmas. And so um, my dad would have it blasting throughout our home. So I think there's some, yeah, there's some nostalgia there and um, that helps to keep his memory alive as well. And then um, also my favorite things from the sound of music. I, Yes. I was in theater growing up. And so I go into full on performer mode when that <laughs> song comes on. I really love it. I would love to see that. I love the sound of music. And I don't know how my favorite things became like a Christmas song, but I Me love either. hearing it like on the radio and stuff at Christmas time. I'm like, I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. It, it, it works yeah. for me. I it love works for that. me. I'm here for it. So fun. I'm totally here for it too. I'm such such a sucker for all of that. (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, Simone, thank you so much for taking the time just to share um, your heart. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably about the things that you've walked through and just how you found Christ in the middle of it and how he's ministered to you. I know that your story is really going to encourage others. And so I thank you so much for being here today. Happy to share. Happy to share. Thanks for having me. Of course. Friends, wasn't that so encouraging? She shared so authentically with us, and I'm so grateful for the way that she kept on pointing everything back to Jesus. If you want some support in keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus this Christmas, I've created a simple weekly Advent devotional that you can access through the link in the show notes. You'll just get sent an Advent devotional each Monday morning that will encourage you to look to Jesus and remember him as your hope, strength, and peace in this holiday season. for taking time out of your day to listen to this show. I created it to share the truth of God's word with those near and far. I pray it's been a blessing to you. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please leave a review wherever you're listening and share it with a friend. That will help more people find it and help more people find the fullness of joy. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.